coast to coast, border to border, and around the world. It's time for The Bill Alexander Show. The Bill Alexander Show is a guest-driven program where the topics are diverse and entertaining. Laugh and learn while you listen to one of the best hours of online radio. Now, here's your host, Bill Alexander. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this edition of The Bill Alexander Show with yours truly, William Eric Alexander. So glad you could join me today. And what's special about this, not only did I shave for the first time in two years, which you haven't seen me clean shaving in a long time, but this is also the beginning of season two of the Bill Alexander Show. And as a guest, kind of interesting the way we did this, but our guest was originally on the TV program Boy Meets World. Well, let's just say that her career went off into a different direction later on and we'll talk about that with her but on with me right now i have maitland ward maitland how are you doing today hi i'm doing great i'm excited to be at the start of your season well i'm so glad you're able to join me (laughs) and it it is so great because a lot of people when i said hey i'm going to be interviewing rachel mcguire from boy meets world they go wow how did you do that (laughs) and i didn't really go into the whole thing on how did i do that but you have a new book that came out um, recently that you're it's doing a book out. tour. Yeah. Oh, coming yeah. out. I'm sorry. Yeah. What, what dates? Well, September 6th. <laughs> oh, so we have, I'm um, two weeks early then. Not bad. Uh, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so, so we, you have a book coming out and the name of the book is rated X, how porn liberated me from Hollywood. Now, can you explain to me what that title is all about? Well, it's an absolutely true statement about myself. I mean, I, of course, had success early on with Boy Meets World, and I was on a soap opera for years, and I was on, you know, the movie White Chicks, and I had a lot of success in in my early years in Hollywood, but then I was very much typecast at that point, and by the time I reached, like, I don't know, my later 20s, I was really, like, in a in a hole. Like I couldn't get out of like what people thought of me in the past, but then they also wouldn't let me do anything new or, or show any other sides of my personality or my talents, or just, I wanted to act in in more dramatic things or try different kinds of things. And they wouldn't let me do that. And it was very frustrating because they only wanted to see me one way. And then they didn't want to hire me to be that way anymore. (laughs) And, and it was always like, I was beating my head up against a wall. And people were telling me, you have to behave a certain way. You have to look a certain way. You have to dress a certain way. And even though I followed all these rules that other people and other higher ups in Hollywood set for me, I couldn't succeed at that. And I couldn't be myself and I couldn't express myself in any authentic way. And along the way, I, um, It was really when actually it was really after I got married and moved to New York for a while where I took like a breath away from Hollywood and I was able to really examine myself and my sexuality. I started getting into erotic writing and I started really discovering things about myself and who I was as a sexual person that I had kept hidden or and I've kept secretive because I thought they were bad or made me, you know, not a desirable person to the public because well, like, you know, back in the early 2000s, late 90s, it was very difficult for women, especially in Hollywood, women in general, but in Hollywood, it was like you had to be sexy, but also virginal. So I was always okay. walking that line. So I think really porn liberated me in the fact that I can now express myself the way I want. I have 
lengthier acting roles where I play devilish, devious, very interesting characters. I mean, people, I think, have this preconceived notion that porn is just silly scenes. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of people see on the internet only. But we make full feature films where I'm at. I had 750 lines in a production that I did. I mean, it was, I'm doing all these things that are great. And then I'm writing on them and I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. So it has liberated me and I feel, I feel happy. And I feel like I finally can be who I am and, and do what I want. What I, what I think is interesting is you made the comment that you're actually acting now. Yes. You have more of a um, control in what you're doing and everything else. So if, and again, I hate using this as a stereotype, but we do it because we compare one to another Yeah. with the adult industry in film, do people consider that real acting or is it just like a high school production with sex thrown involved? No, it's it, our productions are real acting productions. And of course, you know, I'm fortunate enough to work with Caden Cross, who is a, for deeper.com, who is a, an excellent writer. And I, by fate got hooked up with her to do these productions. I'm not, there are a lot of, silly productions, of course, but I think people need to recognize that there are a lot of good performers and there are people making good films and there is sex involved, but I think people negate them because they just say, oh, it's just porn. It's right. not good. And they don't take the time to really look at them because we are, we make full, full feature kind of productions and it's not different to me really than uh, an independent film set or whatever that I've been on, except for the sex. <laughs> So, and there are other people than me making features. I mean, there's, right. there's a whole, there's a whole like group of people that are really concentrated on filmmaking and full length scripts and stuff. And those are the ones that, you know, are nominated win the awards. So when, when you started doing this and we talked before we came on in 2018, what really got you started in going to the direction of the adult film industry? Well, it was, I wasn't thinking about going to the adult film industry when I started doing more sexual things in 2018. I had found a, a very good, substantial uh, social media following because I was, you know, being my authentic self. Finally, I was showing my cosplay of my sexy photos. And I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed doing like silly setups and, and just things where I'd really interact with the fans, but I kept getting kicked off of social media for like a shadow of a nipple or something they considered risque or against the rules. So my fans, a couple of them suggested, well, why don't you sell content? And I had no idea what that meant, Right. but it's basically, you know, selling pictures and stuff and videos. And I thought, okay, I can do kind of playboy esque type videos and my sexy cosplay. I'll just start a Patreon page where, you know, people subscribe anywhere from like $15 to $300 or or more a month to get certain content. And I was like, oh, I'll just, I just did it one night. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't think anybody's really going to be interested in this long-term. And so I was, I just kind of shut the the laptop and the next morning, like 20 people had signed up and I hadn't mentioned it. And then, so I said, okay, I'm going to mention this on my social media. And then by the end of the week, I had like 2,800 subscribers and oh, it grew wow. from there. Yeah. And it was like, I was the number one adult creator on there. So <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm actually going to produce my own content after being told like for so long, even by social media, you can't do this. You can't do that. And I had been told by a publicist that nobody would buy anything sexy from me. I could never make 
a living off of anything. If, if they wanted someone sexy, they'd choose someone who was 25. And so that was a real vindication for me. But that's where I started the journey. It started from sexy photos, and then it went to girl, girl, cute stuff, and then more hardcore, and then eventually leading into um, working with two men, porn stars on my content. So, as, and I said, we, we talked before we came on that I mentioned your age, which you are 41 right now, correct? No, I'm 45 right now. 45. So, okay. 41 mm -hmm. is when you started then. Yes. Okay. So um, you don't look 45. <laughs> uh, Maybe that not helps. At all. <laughs> not, not at all. You look much younger than that. And <laughs> as when I do interviews like this, I have to do the research yeah. and trust me, researching you and what you've done, you don't look like you're 45 years old. <laughs> um, well, thank you. <laughs> so again, being able to watch the films and everything else, do people that you worked with in mainstream media or mainstream entertainment, do you still talk to them and have, and what are their opinions about what you're doing now? You know, for overall, I think maybe in the very beginning, they thought, oh my God, is she going crazy? Is she on drugs? Is something wrong? But now that I've had such a successful career and it's been so lucrative for me and I'm happy and stuff people actually treat me with more respect in Hollywood now. Like I actually get respect from people that I have my own business and everything. And, and I'm doing these things and it's, it's funny. Sure. There are some people that are, you know, walk away and they, they don't like it at all, but I have found for the most part that people are very supportive and positive, especially when someone's happy about what they're doing and they're finding success and, and finding, you know, the outlet that I've always wanted. I mean, Will fredell has been great. He's been so sweet. He says he'll never watch anything that I do, but, <laughs> but he supports <laughs> me completely. But I'm like, hey, I told him, no, you can watch the acting stuff because there's right. a lot of that. Just cut out the sex part because he says, you know, like a sister to me. So, right. but yeah, I heard, but I have to say the media has been instrumental in helping me build my brand. Like if I didn't have the fans and the press and everybody you know, showing my pictures and getting me out there and, and being supportive. I mean, when it was announced that I was in porn, I had, I mean, I had everybody, that was the day I beat Bernie Sanders heart attack on Google. When I found out that I did, the porn <laughs> movie. I did on the Google search <laughs> and, um, but the, the, the stories were overwhelmingly pretty positive. They they're sure there was shocking headlines and stuff, but nobody tore me down or demeaned me or anything. It was, it was all fun. And I, I really, um, yeah, the media has been by, by and far, you know, good. Do you think if this would have happened 10, 15, 20 years ago, the media would be the same way? No, or absolutely they... not. Absolutely not. And I hear that. I was told over and over by porn and by mainstream, everybody agreed on the fact that I shouldn't go to the press and make a big deal of this because they were going to tear me apart because in years past, people have been so torn apart right. and it's, it's a different, it's becoming a different world. And I really felt that. And I was like, no, I need to, I, I want to share this because I'm proud of it. And I'm proud of the production that we did. We worked really hard on it. And um, so it, it became, and everybody was like, oh my God, it's positive. It's <laughs> what, this is a different world now. But I, yeah, years ago it would, yeah, you'd be ripped apart. And I, but I think, I think, you know, I get women, especially, and well, of course I get men, but I'm saying, I get a lot of women coming up to me and, and saying they watch porn and they're, they're so proud of me for being so sexually liberated and taking these chances and stuff. And they like watching porn that is um, thoughtful and has a script and story. And then they can, it's a different kind of thing. And 
um, that always heartens me because I think I, people in their twenties, thirties, and, you know, even forties, they're much more open-minded than people in the past had been like older people tend to be more of the judgmental types. Well, it, it, and the internet probably had a lot to do with that opening up yes. to mainstream everything else yeah. because those older people, and I hate to say that I'm on that cusp right there. I'm in my late my late fifties, which is even harder to say that <laughs> when you think of that, content you think of going into a back room somewhere and watching yes. it you mm-hmm. don't have the, the internet in your home or anything like that but because of the internet in the last 20 years it's the, the industry has recreated itself because of the internet right. because of everything out there because of the way they can monetize it and all that right now so i think you're right i think now is the time if you were ever going to do it now is the time to do it right now, the last couple of years ago, a few years ago, they brought back a rebirth version of Boy Meets World, which was Girl Meets World. Yes. And we had all these special guests. Did you get the opportunity to guest star or be on the program again? <laughs> no, and I write a little bit about that in the book. <laughs> a little more than a little bit. But um, actually... Girl Meets World is actually responsible for my porn career, I would say. Because <laughs> <laughs> let me let me uh, say uh, explain that. But um, it is in the fact that I had, you know, gone gone to New York. I'd moved away and married and everything. I was kind of like doing my own thing. I took screenwriting at UCLA for two years, and I thought I was going to write my scripts, or maybe I wouldn't even act in them. Maybe I would just write them and. Mm-hmm. But then Girl Meets World came back and there was such a renewed interest in the show. And so my social media was very small at the time, but people really started, you know, giving us attention and stuff. And it's not that that Girl Meets World attention was making me do crazy things and go off into porn and all that. But it was that I had a platform on with my social media that I could express myself in the way that I wanted to. Like at that time, everybody was so interested in pleasing Disney and making sure they were good and they they followed all the rules so they could get on Girl Meets World as a guest star. I was kind of the anti, like, not that I tried to be anti, but I was like, I'm sick of following so many rules. I'm sick of people right. telling me what to do and how to be. I'm going to use my social media for how I like to be. And that's when I was doing the cosplay and all and all of the um, setups I was doing and the bikini shots and just having a lot of fun on social media with my fans. And they responded and it, it started snowballing, like people who were following me and the, and the press was snowballing. And like, so I got a lot of attention and I was really discovering who I was as a person along the way. So my fans who have been there since I really started social media, they've seen me progress in a very authentic way in real time watched everything, how I have evolved as a person and as a sexual being. And so, but, you know, Disney and the higher ups over there, they, they definitely did not like that. I was being sexy. I was not doing porn when, when girl meets world was on though. I was just doing my bikini shots and sexy setups. I wasn't even selling content back then. So it was, it's funny. They were so anti anything sex or sexual. And so it's not that I really was yearning to be on the show because I didn't think I definitely did not live up to the original. That was so great. Um, the stories on girl meets world, there was a lot of, it just wasn't the same, but, um, but it was also disheartening that they're like the executive producer. He definitely did not want me to be a part of that. And he, 
like there was a time when the whole cast came back and they took a cast photo of everyone that's been on the show, even like smaller roles. And uh, yeah, I was glaringly missing from that. Right. Um, what I think is interesting, and I agree with you, I don't think it lived up to the Boy Meets World reputation because it was made for Disney. It was made yeah. for cable. It was made for kids. It wasn't yeah. in a prime time slot. And again, you talk about Disney want, don't not wanting to deal with your with you as a sexual be, uh, being. If if that's the case, then look at Miley Cyrus. Let's go through the whole list of Disney yep. stars that yep. after they had their program, went out, discovered who they were, yep. and still have connection with the Disney franchise. But unfortunately, you, they forgot about. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know if they forgot. Well, they have it now. It's very much on their minds. I think, I think on the day that my porn film came out, (laughs) it was very much, I think Michael Jacobs hid under his bed for hiding under his bed, watching it. Anyway. uh... (laughs) That's what I wonder how many people actually watch. They're saying, Oh, I can't watch it. And they're all like, (gasps) yeah, I, I, I think, I think, and, and some of the clips I saw, it was the curiosity factor mm-hmm. of, okay, I think I know who she was. Now this is who she is. And I know there's probably a few people out there going, what happened to make her do this? You was know, it money? Was it, was it a bad relationship? What was it? I've been married since 2006. So I, you know, it was actually my husband, when I got married, I was able to, I really had an anchor in my marriage where I was able to discover things about myself. And he's been very supportive of that with me. So he was in in the original content. He would, he's a very good photographer too. He took pictures of me for my content in the beginning and stuff. And, you know, he was really supportive in me building a business that I was proud of and, I am proud of it. I mean, who does this at my, right. you know, nobody becomes a, you know, a top porn star at in their forties and wins awards and gets huge. Like I'm pay- I get paid way more than I did when I was at Disney. So it's like, it wasn't a monetary thing at all. in being, cause there was years that I didn't make any money off of my social media and stuff, the stunts and stuff I did. Right. Like since 2013, I did not make any money except for comic cons and things like that, that I would go to. And um, certain things like that, but on social media or content, I didn't make any money until 2018. So I was really being authentic with my fans along the way, but it got to a point where I wanted to do bigger things and I wasn't going to give out like sexual stuff for free. Right. Like That was, I, yeah. Even though people, a lot of people tried to steal it in the beginning. That wasn't, that was just crazy. People trying to steal it and post it everywhere when, when it was on my uh, content pages, but um yeah. So it wasn't, and it's so funny, like I have like, oh, she turned to this. She had to, it's like, I have to make great money. I have to be more respected. I have to have better acting roles. I get to be a writer. I wrote a book. I mean, right. I get, I write scripts for, for uh, porn and stuff. And I, it's, it's been a great experience. I'm, I've had more, I win awards. <laughs> so do you think, and I know we're not there yet, but eventually you're going to see the content. And again, when we use these words, we're using words that are used for porn or for adult films. We're not talking about mainstream media or anything like that. So we right. are still segregating or, or distancing them yeah. and comparing them, which is, which is, uh, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But do you think that someday 
10, 20, 30 years, that it will be more acceptable. And you would see these in major theaters like you do with some of the stuff that would yeah. be, I mean, 50 Shades of Grey pushed the envelope. Right. Okay. So do you think something that you do would get the same critical acclaim that that got, that uh, Dakota Johnson got? Do you feel that eventually that may happen to the type of stuff you're doing? Yes, I do. Because I think people are, are much more open-minded. And like you said, they're, it's so accessible. Everybody watches porn and younger people are not ashamed to say they watch it. Right. They really like it. And I think what Fifty Shades really did, no matter, you know, what people think of it or whatever, is open the market that women really like porn and they like sex and they like to read about sex and watch it. And I think with the productions that we make that are very like scripted and story driven and then have the hot sex, I think that's a real turn on for women. I mean, the guys love it, of course, but I think it's a whole new a whole new kind of uh, genre. And I think it should be considered a genre in okay. film and not like a separate tab. Anytime we're making it separate and taboo, there's a shame involved. Right. And then there's a taboo that gets put on the performers. Right. And it was just like, Hey, it's the sex genre or whatever. Okay. It's adult I mean, erotica. Yeah. That, that makes sense right there. Yeah. But unfortunately with the mindset of an older generation, whenever you yes. hear it, it goes, okay, this is right. this is the stuff that was taken to back rooms mm -hmm. in these, I guess, I don't know what to call them, peep shows or whatever they may have been. Yeah. So, and again, I'm telling, I'm showing my age and I'm only 11 years older than you are. Yeah. So there is a, there is a difference there between, between the two. So when you started in acting, did, I mean, first off, you probably never thought you'd be doing what you're doing now. <laughs> never. But never what, 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 what <laughs> But whatever got you into wanting to be an actor, doing TV, doing movies, doing stuff oh. like that? Oh, I wanted, I loved performing since I was little. Like we would play Star Wars in my yard and I'd be Princess Leia. My dog would be Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Springer Spaniel, so she had brown fur. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> so, and I'd make movies with my friends. I love that. And I just really found that acting was an outlet for me to express myself in ways that I couldn't express myself in real life because I was a very good girl, good grades. And, you know, I wanted to be the nice, perfect, you know, girl. And, and I thought I had to be a certain way. And so I could express myself through roles that maybe weren't a certain way, or they were considered bad or, or different, or they expressed different emotions and I really felt like there was an outlet in that. And that's a lot of what I felt in, feel in sexual performance too. I really get lost in it and I just let go and I can really just let all of me kind of show, <laughs> um, but all of my emotions and performance yeah, and all of me too. But um, I, once my braces came off, I uh, went to an acting workshop for a casting director for a soap opera, Bold and Beautiful. Because I was a big soap fan. That was like a, oh God, I looked up to the soap characters when I was like a preteen and stuff. So um, yeah, so at around 16, I got cast on The Bold and the Beautiful. She asked me to audition for the show after this workshop was over. And I was like, wow. And then I got the show shortly afterwards. So I was kind of thrust into this world and it was exciting. And I was like on a real soundstage and with on a real soap soundstage. And right. 
so I think, and I really enjoyed that, but I did feel I needed to keep up that good girl persona. And I played a very, very good girl, tragically good <laughs> on, on Bold and Beautiful. But um, I, yeah, I just, I was always trying to please people and make people like me when I just could, I was sad that I couldn't love myself so much, you know, like I couldn't feel comfortable and confident in my own skin, but yeah, the outlet of acting really helps me with that still. I mean, you know, if you look at your listing on international movie database and you go through, and of course it shows you from 94 to 96, the bold and beautiful, mm -hmm. you did a TV movie called killing Mr. Griffith. You yes. did a series called U USA High. You were on Home Improvement. Mm -hmm. You go through. Then Boy Meets World hits. And that's when you went in. You were in prime time. So everybody yeah. saw you. Everybody <clears throat> knew who you were. Did you think at that time this is the way it was always going to be? You know, kind of. I think okay. you get into because I had a lot of success early on. I, I, it was very short years in between there where I've had like, you know, from like 94 to know, early 2000s. I mean, white chicks would 2003 or something, but then, yeah, I mean, and I had pretty steady stuff. I mean, I was, I was working and I had like, you know, mainstream really like, you know, good stuff that I was working on. And then all of a sudden it, it just shifted and uh, things were different. And that was very disheartening to me to be cast aside because you needed to be seen as that character or that those characters that you played when you were young and you couldn't do anything different from that. So, but yeah, there is an element like for, I think for every, especially younger person in the industry, especially if you have fame and success early on, you think, Oh my God, it's just always going to be like this. Like I got, you know, the soap on my second audition. I was like, Oh, this is going to be easy. This is going right. to be a piece of cake. And it wasn't. And it, it's, it was a long, hard road to when I got back to finding myself and finding success for myself again. So then you go and look, keep going. And then all of a sudden in 2019, Lesbian X, Raw 38, Lesbian yeah. Superstar. Uh, <laughs> and you just keep on going. It's going, wait a minute, what happened here? Because <laughs> if you didn't know you got into it, it looked like that they actually pasted someone else's resume <laughs> on know, top of yours. You want to know, you know a fact about IMDb is that they shadow ban me on the app. They shadow ban my name. Like you can't, you can search me on Google IMDb and you get there. But if like you're on the app, you can't you put in my name and I'm just not there. They just want to like make sure nobody sees my credits. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's really bad, but interesting. Um, that's a, yeah, that's a conversation for another day. But um, yeah, it does feel, if you looked at it, you would be like, wait, what? Lesbian X. <laughs> but, but what's interesting about this, and, and I would have never thought it, there's a series that you're on right now called Deeper. Yeah, Deeper. And they're calling it a TV series. It is a series, though. We've done a series, but that's cool. <laughs> it's episodic. Yes, and it's episodic. That's what's really interesting. I never thought they would do episodic stuff built on it in this industry because, again, you would just assume it was one and done and you moved yeah. on to the next one. But this one, they actually had a storyline that they followed for weeks on end and Yes. Yeah. Which is amazing. I think we were really the first one to do the series thing. And now some other companies are doing them too, but we, we did a series. We did the first series uh, season of Muse. We did during the pandemic. It was nuts because it was like June, July 
of uh, 2020 and we had just come out of like lockdown and everything was very precarious. We didn't know we were going to shut down again. It was very like we had to get this done fast and good. So, but we wanted to make a big feature that year and we had planned this out and we wanted to do it. So we went and then it turned into a series actually from there. Originally it was just going to be a feature, but it was so good. And people were so involved with the characters and stuff that it was made into a lengthier series. So um, but that was a wild experience in itself. We had to test every day, no matter if you were working that day or not, the whole crew. We we were uh, in this um, penthouse, like kind of like in this quarantine penthouse that we mm-hmm. just go to. Nobody will work anywhere else or do anything. It was it was good. But yeah, it, but it's I think Amuse was really like the first of its kind. And it's it's a very special series project. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because of the pandemic. But with what's going on out there in we have what the monkey pox now we have I know. all this how how what precautions are they taking so you do not because what you are doing is through contact i mean there's no way yeah. to stop it and physical intimate contact how are you able to protect yourself from these things uh, people are getting vaccinated for monkey pox right now a lot um we are an industry though that tests all the time and we take we're used to the precautions we're used to protocol so even the covid testing and stuff was not something that was so difficult for us like we have to std test every two weeks when you're working so you're always getting your blood and urine and everything like drawn and tested and stuff so um the, the protocols, I mean, there's always, of course, a risk, but people always think that, uh, you know, the porn industry, it's just full of STDs and, right. and craziness. It's probably the cleanest group of people because we always have to make sure you're clean before you do stuff. And it, and if there's any like problem with, you know, somebody gets a, you know, I don't know, an STD and stuff, they usually tell would tell people about it. We have like contact tracing and everything because it's all in a system. Um, and that was true with COVID too. Like we would know if somebody had worked with somebody that might've had it like down the line. Right. So we're very, I mean, there's always, the monkeypox is a newer kind of phenomenon that we need to worry about. Right. But but with which, COVID, we were good. We didn't have anybody sick on that first production either, which is amazing. Well, that's, that's good. That's, that's really good. So you mentioned that you got married in, in, in the early 2000s. What does your husband think about this? Because so I've seen some, I've seen some interviews that you have done and that is always brought up. Yeah. And is there an issue there? Does he understand this is a job? This is what you're doing, but it looks like you're enjoying yourself so much. I mean, how does, how does that affect him? Oh, he's absolutely supportive of me. And he's been with me along this whole way. I mean, he was recording my first interludes on my content for like my Snapchat, my premium Snapchat and for my videos and stuff in the very beginning. So he's like extraordinarily supportive. He's actually the one who recognized in me that I needed to do some scenarios with other men because I had all these fantasies written out and I had like been talking about different things, things that aren't necessarily uh adaptable i guess to a marital bedroom like like i don't know if he's gonna want to do dungeon stuff and like (laughs) and and group scenarios with men and like you know uh you know different things like that that very acrobatic stuff very because porn is 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 very high energy like 
high concept kind of stuff. And at least the stuff that we do, it's, it's, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of action. And, and, and I just love living out the fantasy like that. And I think it actually strengthens our marriage. I can, I live out these fantasies and then do all this stuff to enjoy myself. But then I come home and it's like, I'm not, I'm not too crazy in my real life, just a little bit. But. Uh-huh. So if someone came to you and say, Hey, we have this movie that we want to put on the big screen and they wanted to use you, would you consider it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm an actress, no matter what, like in people, people will come up to me and ask me like, are you like to be considered a porn star now? And I'm like, no, I'm an actress. It's just different genres and different, just different kind of performance. Um, But it really isn't a different kind of performance. I mean, the sex is, but you really, the acting and scripts and stuff, you should put your all into it no matter what. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm open for all of that as long as it's good stuff and like stuff that I want to play. And, um, and that's, it can be fun for me. So what was the last thing you actually did for traditional TV or traditional movies? Oh, let me think of the last, last thing. It was, it was episodic work. I believe, yeah, it was like I did some episodic sitcom work. Um, which one was the last one? I, I, uh, was it Rules of Engagement? I did some, but it was, yeah, a couple sitcoms that I did at the very end. And I did okay. like, a, I think I did a pilot and stuff, but it didn't get picked up. And I did a couple little independent movie stuff, but yeah, I can't remember exactly which is the, I, I think I researched it. It probably is in my book because I looked it up at the time. <laughs> But it was, yeah, but it was way back. It was like, I think back in, yeah, 2006, 2007. So, you, so it, okay. So we're looking at a 12 year time span. Yes. That you stopped working or at least in the, in the public eye. Yeah. What'd you do for the 12 years? I did all sorts of things. I lived life and discovered myself. I couldn't have done it. I, I took training to be a yoga teacher. I never really taught, but I did that to just explore that side of myself where I wanted to do. I, like I said, I moved to New York for a while. I studied. I went to UCLA for and studied screenwriting for two years. I, I did, you know, just I traveled. I did so much like stuff. And it was, you know, what's sad is at the, even at the time when I was doing all of these things, I still was like, oh, I didn't make it as an actress. You know, I didn't do enough for them, you know? So it was like, yeah, it was, well, I started, yeah, it's just interesting to think of my mindset at the time and writing the book. I, I was looking back on myself and how I, how I viewed myself. And it's like, I was doing so many interesting things in my personal life and, and I couldn't fully appreciate that. And I really do now. I've interviewed um, a handful of, performers that were were kids when they were on tv yeah and this was in this was in the 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 people i talked to were in the 60s and early 70s and again they disappeared from the tv they they went behind the scenes they wrote they directed or they went into a total line of work yeah but you reinvented yourself it may not be in the same field to say but you are still acting yeah do you how many how many more years do you think that you'll still be doing what you're doing right now you know i'm not sure i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it open i mean i love what i'm doing so you know i really can't plan i could never have planned this and i could never have planned you know where all this led me so i i don't know i mean i do love sexual performance and i think i would want to do that for a you know 
for the future. And it depends on like, I don't know. I don't, can't put an end date on it. I definitely want to write more. I want to write more erotic stories. I think that would be really fun. And I love, like I had so much fun reading my audiobook. Uh, that's a that's a great experience, but it's a weird experience because you're like you in a booth, but you're right, reading your story back to yourself and you're like, oh my God, this is my story. <laughs> um, but I would love to do that like with erotic writing and stuff for people to listen uh, to. So the purpose of the book, why did you write it? I always knew I wanted to tell my story because I mean, there's literally, there's nobody that has this Disney character after 40 makes it as a top porn star, <laughs> has all this, has happiness, has respect, gets her acting career back, gets her right. You know, and it's, it's crazy because I did a pilot like not long ago uh, for a show that I got to like produce on and it's mainstream. And it's like, wow, I like get opportunities because you know, I, I've done porn. So, but the book, but I wanted to tell my story because I think it would, would be really empowering too, to people who have been told no, or who have been said, you can't do this or you can't do that, or have been disheartened in some way. And to find yourself and to be truthful about yourself and who you are, not to fear that. I think it would, I think it was just help people out. And I, I love to write. And so, but it came across about sooner than I thought, I thought I would do it probably more towards maybe later on in my career and stuff. But um, I was actually on a podcast and an agent heard my podcast and talking about me loving writing and erotic writing. And I wouldn't tell my story. And she contacted me. And very shortly after that, we got a book deal at Simon and Schuster and I started writing. And what a wild experience. It's just to, I I feel like the porn years that I wrote about, I was closer to, like it wasn't that long ago that, uh, I, you know, it was, it was fresh for me to go back and see yourself as like a teenager and what you were thinking then and how relationships were and how just everything that happened along the way that you're looking back on and saying, oh my God, I can't believe I did that or thought that, how could I have fallen for this guy or this whatever. So um, it was just a really cathartic, really good experience, emotional too. I found myself emotional looking back on certain things. Um, but yeah, I just felt like people needed to hear a story that's empowering and saying that, you know, if, even though, if you're counted out at a certain point, if you follow your truth and what you want to do and don't listen to the naysayers, you can come out victorious and, you know, and live your best life. Cause the, the, the I'm listening to this and I'm, and, and of course my mind's going a hundred different directions. I'm going, she has a sitcom for a streaming service. Netflix. What well, she does at home would be the sitcom. She goes yeah. to work as an adult film star. That's a great, yes. To it. I think that would be a, that would be great. Absolutely. Home improvement. Look at that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's I the know. same idea. <laughs> I think, it's and, true. And you could introduce. It's a great, yeah. That's a so, great, you know what? We'll pitch it together. That one. <laughs> <laughs> really, I think it is because I think you have a story that a lot of people, especially, again, hate to use the word, older, that mm-hmm. have been pigeonholed into something in their life for so long yes. that they finally get an opportunity to do something. Now, are they going to do it or are they just going to go safe and just keep doing the same thing over and over again? But you you actually took the bull by the horns and decided, I'm going to try something different. Now, if it wouldn't have worked out, what would you be doing? 
I, you know what? I, I probably would have been writing though. I really believe I was headed on that path. And it's so cool that I was able to write a book and then I'm writing scripts and stuff for deeper and for, you know, it's just really good columns. I get to write columns for places and it's really cool. I probably would have been doing that, I think, uh, but I don't know, but I don't know if I would discovered myself fully as a person and in my sexual being, I think I would have been missing something. And I just think it was really fateful because the reason, like I had done, like you bring up those scenes, I had done um, a scene for black Vixens, one of their companies. And the day it came out, this was in the beginning, beginning, the day it came out on a Saturday, it like blew the roof off of everything. And it hadn't gotten out in the press. It was just a viral kind of thing on the internet, but everybody wanted to see Rachel do porn on, you know, the site. But that same day, Caden Cross for Deeper, who had just like started the brand Deeper at Vixen. Vixen owns them all. Like they're all little, they're all brands. Um, she had was doing her first feature film with the brand and she lost her co-star actress who needed to say a lot of lines. It was a lengthy script and she thought she'd have to quit production. So on Monday morning, she went into Vixen and said, I, I don't know, I gotta, we might not be able to do this feature this year. And they're like, talk to Maitland. She just blew up the internet with this scene. And by and that day we met at Starbucks, I read the script and it was brilliant. I was like, this is the kind of stuff I want to do with like writing and sex and the rest is history. Like it was really fateful. So I feel that, you know. So some of the people that you work with, um, are they are they at the same caliber that you are when it comes to acting or do you have to carry them along in scenes? Cause you mentioned a lot of lines. Yeah. Some of these people, when they got into it, acting was not yeah. the reason why they got into it. Oh, that's yeah. That's probably true. That's mostly true. Yeah. No, acting is not usually the reason you get into it, but I think that uh, there's a lot of performers that can act and are able to show their chops in these and in these features and stuff and, and are learning and like, you know, they really are good performers, but yeah, the majority of people who are into um, porn are not coming into it as actors, but I think they're underestimated a lot. Okay. And it's, but these features that these companies do, the feature films and the series and the more scripted projects, that's definitely a, a smaller knit like group of people that perform in them that are more interested in the acting and the feed film and stuff. So, but I, you know, I usually, I always have the most lines. So sometimes, sometimes if I have, I'll, I'll say like a mon, I had a three page monologue straight down, like st three solid pages. And then like somebody will have like one line and it's so funny because it's hard to remember the one line where it comes. <laughs> so they like, they'll be like, wait, Oh, it's my line. I only had this one, but <laughs> so comparing the sets. So you did white chicks. Can you, can the set similar of, of how things are looked at or just how can they, can you compare them is what I'm saying. Uh, I would say white chicks was such a huge production and we did it for like five months in Vancouver, British Columbia. And um, so it was, that's such a massive project with a massive crew and sets and so much money put into it. I would say it's more like a higher end indie film, like, or, you know, uh, but definitely they're, you know, clean wonderful sets and it's the same kind of crew it's just on a smaller scale like you don't have 200 crew members or whatever it's it's more like 15 or 20 on our crews uh when we're doing a features and but still if we have you know we actually use people who do mainstream work too like in cinematography and and editing and stuff like that so 
So there is they, some. They change their names. They, they, use, <laughs> they use it. You know what the weirdest thing is? Nobody has their real name. And I come in and I'm like, I, I'm me, you know who I am. Somebody once said to me and I said, wow, you use like your real name. And, and I'm like, can you imagine if I didn't? Can you imagine if somebody just watched the show? Oh, yeah. She's hiding. She's like a lecture. Oh, that would have been worse. <laughs> that would have been worse. So how does your, I mean, I know how your husband feels and everything else, but how does your family feel that this good girl that was doing Disney is now doing yeah. <laughs> what she's doing now? Well, my grandma probably rolls over in her grave, but, <laughs> but my, I, you know what? I, my parents were so like supportive of me once they saw how happy I was. It was, uh, I like, I kept it kind of quiet for a lot of years. And then finally I couldn't keep it quiet with when the press and stuff hit about drive the movie. And, um, but I was very surprised and I'm surprised, like, you know, relatives i'm an only child so i don't have like matt a huge huge right. family but even like friends and stuff coming up to me from the past and they're like oh i'm so proud of you I, this is so cool i'm like wait i think you i thought everybody was going to be like right. this is crazy we don't like this but actually they're all excited for the book they're like it's it's pretty it's pretty nice <laughs> i can't imagine going to your high school reunion and someone coming up to you and saying <laughs> that they found it by accident that would be um <laughs> That would be a little bit awkward, but the book comes out September 6th. Yes. There is an audio book. Yes. And you read the audio book. Yes. I read all of it. I was, it was very intriguing. (laughs) (laughs) How long did it take you to read your own book? Like four days with like five hours a day. My throat. Oh my gosh. I had so much throat coat tea. It was like places in my my t- under my tongue hurt like places I didn't feel like talking would happen like as much. So I know I know some of my audience would be very interested in reading the book, hmm. and I'm going to ask this for them. Okay. How graphic do you get in the book to what you're doing now, or do you just basically allude to it and then just move on? I get graphic, but I think you're going to be surprised in the book. It's I, I definitely get graphic. I have a whole chapter on how I learned about preparing for anal sex and doing all that. So, but it's funny. It's a lot of it is like, it's, it's heartening and it's like serious. And I do get very graphic, but there's a lot along the way. I think that you'll have fun with like in my journey, like just me discovering things and, and, and being, you know, my eyes open to things. Like the first time I walked onto a set and the guy's dick is so big and like, I, <laughs> you know, it's, so in it's other funny. Words, it's not- you can't you can't listen to the audio book with other people in the car is what you're saying. Oh yeah, maybe not. Maybe the earlier <laughs> chapter. Actually, wait a minute. The earlier chapters you probably can't. Well, I do have my own personal sexual escapades that maybe well, they, I oh, mean depends it, on the audience. That, maybe you can get a group of friends together. <laughs> that carpool lane is gonna sound really interesting. Uh, um, but uh Maitland, I really appreciate you taking time today. Oh, this was yes. fun. I really enjoyed it. It was fun. I wish you the best of luck. Um, I wish you the best on the book, on the audio book and whatever else that you have coming up in the near future. Good luck to you. Oh, thank you so much. It was so great talking to you and your audience. (laughs) Well, thank you again. And you have a great day. You too. Hey, a big thank you goes out to Maitland Ward for joining me today. Really enjoyed it. Hopefully you did too. Her book is called Rated X, How Porn Liberated Me from Hollywood. 
and she talks about her career from Boy Meets World to what she is doing now. So Maitland, thank you very much for joining me. Really appreciate it. And you, thank you very much for being a part of the program here on The Bill Alexander Show. Thank you for listening to The Bill Alexander Show. The Bill Alexander Show is a million-dollar baby production. For more information, go to thebillalexandershow.com.